I'm your host, Brendan Cahill, and welcome to The Coach Cahill Show, where we decode how to get you and your family to and through the college football recruiting process. Today's guest is Coach Keith Grabowski, host of the very popular Coach and Coordinator podcast. With over 5 million downloads last year, the Coach and Coordinator podcast speaks with college football coordinators on topics such as mentorship, winning formulas, and the impact each coach wants to have on the players they work with. Coach Grabowski has interviewed hundreds of high-level college football coordinators, even including the legendary coach Nick Saban of Alabama. If anyone has his pulse on the current state of college football recruiting, it's going to be him. So let's get started. Hey, Coach, how you doing? I'm doing great, Brendan. Thanks for having me here. So we'll get right to it. How did, it maybe one or two ways, how did coronavirus impact college football recruiting? Well, it changed the whole landscape, right? Because we went from, um, you know, coaches being able to go out, get on the road, see kids, have kids on campus. Uh, certainly coaches have always used video to recruit, but now this past year, you know, I remember at the beginning of it, uh, you know, and, and the uh, dead period is getting pushed back. And I can't remember what coach told me. He said, this is going to be the most scrutinized class ever. We're watching so much film right now. And so I, I think what you've seen is a lot of people adapting to that with having a dead period that's you know, already been pushed back for a full year and, and it'll be open again June 1st where coaches can go out. Uh, you're going to have some limited one-day camps and, and whatnot. So coaches are during, doing virtual visits, uh, virtual junior days. Uh, there's virtual combines out there. Uh, there's, there's apps that have emerged from this as technology that's going to be able to verify some of the measurables, probably way better than before, right? I mean, you know, going through, I, I remember <laughs> my, my high school players when I coached, I mean, they, they would know, you know, I'd tell them, hey, we're, we're in a, an active period right now. Coaches are going to be coming to the school and, you know, coaches would come in and eyeball a kid and the first thing they'd look like, okay, this kid got boots on, whatever. And, and they always were trying to look an inch taller or whatever it might be. So some of that, you know, I mean, you lie an inch or two or 10 pounds or whatever. And, and now I think the technology is allowing coaches to really get some verified data on what, how big is this kid? What is his reach? You know, what is his arm span, et cetera. So they start to see some of those measurables probably better than they ever had before. So it's, is it possible to say coaches have zoom fatigue as well? I think everybody's got zoom fatigue. Um, but at the same time, you know, in talking to coaches, both on the recruiting side of things and in the way that they work with, uh, within their staff and the way that they work with their players is not going away. Uh, I think coaches have found some efficiencies in this. Uh, you know, it's not going to be 100% Zoom as it had to be for a while, but I think also coaches have figured out that, you know, hey, if we are out on the road um, for this particular week, we don't all have to, you know, rally back here for a Friday staff meeting that, you know, we, everybody could get on virtual, we could talk and, and they've talked about their meetings being more efficient when they're running them this way. So I think you'll see a lot of this continue in football. I mean, you know, from whatever it might be, I'm involved heavily right now on the clinic side. As I told you before we got going, I don't think that's going away either. So um, our, our world has changed. There's going to be a lot of aspects of recruiting that I think will still 
be digital and things that have come out of this past year that probably are going to stick around and, and you'll see those, I think even more, uh, you're going to see some of a lot of the recruiting, recruiting being done uh, digitally. Yeah. And football has always had this pen and paper stale kind of, I don't know what I want, but I'll know it when I see it type of vibe. Whereas you look at sports like lacrosse, not that lacrosse is a young sport. It's been around for hundreds of years, but the youth leagues are very tech savvy. That's why they got so many kids so quickly on these travel premier club teams. Um, it, it seems like I, I was reading, I think the quote was uh, Corona basically like upped, you know, everybody by about a decade in a year in terms of technology. Oh, use. Yes. I agree with that 100%. And, you know, the, the apps that I'm seeing develop out this, and some of the, some of these things have been around. Mm-hmm. It's just that I feel like coaches and, and players, the market wasn't ready for them before. And, now they've come to the forefront. So, um, you know, a, a, a company that I've, I've talked with quite a bit called Signing Day Sports, a new app out there, and their technology allows them um, to, to give players drills or give players certain things. For example, give a receiver a post route, say, this is how we want you to run a post route. Here's where you set up your camera. They get it on video. It goes into their profile. And... Um, you know, the coaches will see that and get that information. Now on the coaches side of their app, I think what's really cool on the college side of it, college coaches side is that those coaches can overlay one player on top of another and compare, okay, let's look at how, how does this guy accelerate on the stem of this route? Who's faster, who's better out of the break. And you see those side by side when you want to compare recruits uh, within this, this technology. I think that kind of stuff is, going to be a huge, uh, huge tool for coaches moving forward. And I think for, uh, for, for even kicking kind of a little bit more my world or background, I came into contact with one of the sales guys for TrackMan. So I don't know if you've heard of TrackMan, but they're a Danish golf company, but they have kind of adapted the technology for kicking and they've been doing for the past year or so they've been doing the analytics for the field goal stats or the punt stats or the kickoff stats on Sunday night football for NBC. So it'll say things like how fast the ball is spinning, how much did the ball waver back and forth? What's the apex of the ball? What's the speed of the ball off your foot? How far would it have been good from? And for a position like kicking, which is notoriously, you know, I'll know it when I see it, uh, type of mentality for coaches. It seems like across the board, college coaches are trying to quantify uh, the measurables because it, it's so frustrating for a kid when when they're talking to a college coach and they're or a coach and they're like, "Well, you know, he was just a little bit better." Well, okay, well, how do you define better? And it seems like these technologies are are kind of here to stay. Yeah, I, I agree with that, and I think what this does is. Uh, kid, kids skill sets are needed all over the country and in different programs and um, the, the limitations of the way we did things in the past maybe didn't open up all those opportunities for them but as you start to be able to get these databases and get these measurables and get these analytics on on kids uh, you know a, a coach maybe who's not even re- 
recruiting a certain region at times could go onto a piece of software or a database and find some of the things exactly what he's looking for and, and begin there with his recruiting. And, you know, the, the other aspect of this, you know, we're, we're focused right now talking a lot about the, the measurables, um, but you want guys who are going to fit for your program, uh, you know, from a cultural standpoint, uh, you want to see what is this player really like, um, how does he interact, et cetera. And, you know, there's, there's even some, some of these, you know, I think is an aspect of, of the one program I mentioned, Signing Day Sports, where um, these kids, you know, go on, they're given a question that they're, they're not prepared for, and they need to answer it, you know, right away within this app, uh, to, and, you know, to give coaches a feel for what's, what is this kid like, right? I mean, you can't script those kinds of things, and I thought that was a really neat aspect of this as well. Right, because everybody can can act a certain way in front of us when when they know they're on stage or whatever. But now you're you're put on the spot. You're asked a question. How are you answering? How you're responding? You know, what can I start to learn about you and who you are and, and your character um, from some of these things that happen in, in these interviews that are set up on this app? So, again, I think you're going to see these expand more and more, uh, just in the aspects, different aspects of. Uh, what they can do from the measurable standpoint, but also from the people side of things. That's interesting. So it's almost like you're trying to quantify character and personality. Yeah. And it actually is quite common practice now for a lot of major corporations to have yeah. to have applicants go through various rounds of personality tests and, and whatnot. Um, kind of a little bit of a pivot. Um for speaking to the parent listening or the recruit listening who is just trying to get some guidance. I mean, college football has never been an easy route to navigate the college process. Absent of football is still very tough to navigate for a lot of families financially and socioeconomically, academically. Um, obviously, COVID hasn't helped. There's a lot of camps. There's a lot of, you know, Twitter kings out there. Uh, there's a lot of uh, coaches out there all kind of saying like, Hey, come to our camp, come to our recruiting thing. Some are private, some are college run. Um, if you, if you're talking to a rising junior or a rising senior, what's your advice for the single greatest ROI that they could invest in with limited time and resources to get their college recruiting traction going this summer? Yeah, and, you know, we, we just went through this, um, you know, my family, my son uh, played football, but wanted to play college baseball. So we went through the recruiting aspect for, for baseball. Um, and it was pretty frustrating for him. You, you know, he had a summer where typically baseball coaches are out that particular year. And uh, it topped out at Division Two. Only two and three could go out in the summer. The ones were in a dead period. So, um we took the recruiting in our own hands, um, me knowing something about it and, and, you know, what coaches are like and what that process is like. And so my son, um, we got, you know, last spring, we've got everything on video, right? We knew, okay, we're, we missed high school ball. We have no highlights coming from that. Uh, let's go out and, and get your, um, you know, your, your uh, hitting session. Let's get your fielding session. Let's, you know, do some of these things, get them off film and started sending those out to coaches, started sending emails. And, and for him, I, you know, I gave him instruction, but 
I wasn't going to do the work for him. He had to want it. Uh, but, you know, so I'd go over and I'd help him construct the emails and uh, we'd put the video together. But the outreach was his. And I, I told him in the beginning, so, you're, so here's how it's going to work. You're going to send an email. You're going to get a response to fill out a questionnaire. You're going to send another email. You're probably going to get an invite to a camp if they can have one. Uh, you're going to send another email. You might get a, a um, he, you know, a, a canned response that they copy, paste, send out, whatever. I said, your goal is to get them off of some of that canned uh, responses and really get them communicating with you. you see, when it's a short note and, hey, thanks, you know, it was great to see the video. Please keep sending this stuff. All right, now, now we've got them there. So once we got them to that point, I said, your goal after that is to get a call or a text. You get a call or a text, now you know that you have that real interest. And then from there, once you get the call or in the text, is to keep that alive, keep the constant communication. So, you know, it was it was a lot of emails. I mean, I think at the beginning he's sending seventy five emails a week to try to find out where where is there a fit for me, you know. And he ended up getting, um, I think he got four uh, four Division two scholarships. He had two more um, interested and said they were offering, but you know he made his decision. Uh, had a lot of activity with the ones they kept pushing and saying, you know, we're hoping to get out of this dead period and whatever. And, and we made the decision. We really liked uh, one of the places that he ended up committing and, and the offer there. And so for him, that, that was the difference, but that was the whole process for us. And, you know, looking at that, you know, if you're going to do this on your own, I think there's a lot to learn from how we did that. And, you know, my approach was just looking at it from the coach's side. I know the things we were sending out, right? We were trying to learn more about it. We had so many at the beginning. For us, it's a funnel. For them, you know, the recruits, it's a funnel. And, and who's, who's going to be the fit for you? And that's essentially what we work to do, to get those personal relationships, um, to let them let know a little bit more about us and different aspects, not just, all right, here as I am as a hitter, but really let his personality start to shine through. So um, from that standpoint, I would suggest that everybody takes that on and does some of those things on their own. Can you pay a service to do it? Yes. Is it expensive? Uh, yeah, it is. And do you have full control over it? Not always. So uh, I felt better about going at it with that route, though I could say looking at some of these apps that are coming out you know, for 50 bucks a year, I'd probably be signing up for something like signing day sports, right? Um, I certainly wasn't going to go maybe for an $1,100 a year service uh, because I knew what they were doing and I felt uh, we could, we could uh, come, come close to that or better in trying to uh, do it. And I also know that a lot of those on there, those paid services, you know, they, they promise a lot, but they don't always deliver. So you have to be careful with who you get involved with. I'm not going to get into names or anything like that, but um, there are some reputable ones out there and there's other ones that I think are just people in a money grab. Right. Yeah. I, I think coach Edsel at UConn calls them street agents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's um, a lot of those. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Twitter's like the best and worst thing that ever happened to humanity. So <laughs> there is a lot of that out there. Um, I liked what you said about knocking coaches off of the canned responses. I mean, you, you've talked to thousands of coaches way more than I have. And, but you know, any coach you talk to, even at the, the D three level, they're in their collective inboxes have hundreds of unread messages and emails. And 
they're basically on communication overload to the point where if their default setting to any new message is just reject or ignore. Um, mm-hmm. and, and it's not anything personally that a high school recruit did. It's just that these guys are so busy. So the, the, the best, it's almost like you kind of have to treat it like online dating, <laughs> you know, like when you're, when you're talking to a coach, you know, that like, kind of like you said that the next step is like, okay, I got a response on a DM. Let me see if I can get any information about their junior day. Okay. Well, they sent me some info about the junior day. Let me see if I can ask, Hey coach, I don't know what you're up to the next couple of weeks, but I'd love to hop on a quick call for five minutes just to learn more about the junior day pro- uh, program. Um, anything you can do to like, get out of that, like stale canned response pipeline is only going to help you. Um, but I think that does require a lot of proactivity on the part of a kid. Um, and it was hard for even you guys. And you, you pretty much know most of the ins and outs of how this stuff works. Yeah. Yeah. You have to want to invest in this, right? And there's a lot of kids out there, I think, fall in love with recruiting and then they got to go and do work somewhere and realize like, I, I just liked you giving me a lot of attention and telling me I was a good player. And I don't know about this. There, and there's a lot of kids who just don't make it past their freshman year. Even um, you need even some at that scholarship level, they, they find out they don't have the passion for whatever. You look at the transfer portal now. I think someone said the other day there was 1,300 kids in the transfer portal, like something ridiculous. Right. And, and, and of that, you know, there was a – I listened to a clinic. I think it was Temple given a stat that um, that percentage of guys who – don't find homes is is very high don't remember the number staggering yeah but you know uh it's not you know this is about making a good decision for yourself the first time things happen there's coaching changes whatever you know i i do think that the transfer portal is being overused and abused and you know the i want you know, I want to play now. I want instant gratification. I mean, I do think coaches need to find ways to get guys involved earlier and find roles. And we've had some great conversations on the podcast about that. But uh, at the same time, you know, uh, sometimes you got to stick it out. Sometimes you got to work and develop, right? What What is that program doing to develop you? And I see a lot of programs who do spend a lot of time on the development side of it. But you know, I think you have to be able to say, can I go to this place? And if I don't play right away, maybe they're p- promising me I'm going to play right away. If I don't play right away, is it still the place for me? Do I like it academically? Do I like it socially? Those are two important aspects. Of course, you're going there because you like it athletically, right? So make sure it's for you that well-rounded place. Um, but also realize that you know, you are back to square one. You've worked hard. You, you know, you had to work your way as a freshman and all the way through and develop yourself to get where you are by the time you're a senior. And, you know, you know a lot of these guys who are moving on, I mean, they got a lot of accolades, they've been recognized, et cetera, but everybody who's moving to that next level, and I don't care if you're playing division three, NAIA, division two, division one, everybody really was you know, the, the best player on their team, right? Some of the best players on the team, that's who you're competing with. 
So, and it doesn't change just because you get in the transfer portal and, and find another place. You know, there are those situations. Yeah, there's a coaching change. Uh, you know, does something unexpected happens? Maybe there's there's a bunch of transfers that just bury you. You know, you got to make some decisions there. But I think you got to go into it with that transfer portal not being in your mind as well. If this doesn't work out, let's just transfer. Would you say that the transfer portal is kind of turned into like college football free agency almost? Oh yeah, I mean we're we're in that era where a lot of things that you see happening in the pros are starting to happen at the college level, you know, and, and it's going to be interesting here what happens with all the name, image, and likeness stuff as that, you know, players start to be monetized for that, right, and how that works into this too. Uh, I think coaches who understand some of those aspects of it right now uh, are probably doing a good job getting ahead of this and understanding how it's going to affect their program, how it's going to affect recruiting, what they do need to do to, you know, retain their players. You know, you spend so much time recruiting a guy and investing in that process. I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see somebody leave their program. Um, but if you're not thinking about those things right now, they're not going away, right? It, it, you, you have to, as, as a coach, learn to deal with those things as well. Can you talk a little bit about the role of geography in college football recruiting? So, for example, in the Northeast where I'm at, kind of the stereotype of this area is it, it's not heavily trafficked by college football recruiters outside of like the, the few top schools in like Connecticut or Massachusetts or New York. Yeah. Um, so, for example, we had a couple kids that were pretty good in the state of Connecticut who their junior year were all state or something like that, they, but they weren't getting any looks from even like division two schools in the state. Fast forward a year later with Corona, they managed to transfer to schools and move to Texas or Georgia or Florida, you know, had about the same year for, for the most part statistically, but now they've got all this division one attention all of a sudden um, just by switching states. Um, does geography play a huge role in recruiting or do you think it's possible to circumvent some of that bias toward the big four, California, Texas, Georgia, Florida, by using Twitter and things like that? Yeah. Well, I don't know if it's, it's, if it's by using Twitter, I mean, there's a, a lot of, of noise on Twitter. I think yep. it's the process that, you know, I, I mentioned before, mm -hmm. you're going to have to dig in and work at this in, in recruiting and, you know, I do believe the, the landscape for that has changed. So when it was you know, heavily in-person recruiting, you know, as a coach, you're going to go to and spend your time in because you're limited in the amount of time you have out on the road unless you're Division Three. Division Three has, you know, no limitations except their budget. They don't have the budgets that the other ones do. So they're, you know, in some ways they're limited more on how they could get on the road. But, uh, you know, you have a certain amount of days on the road. You have, uh, you know, you want to see as many of those top recruits as you can. So you end up in, in places that geographically are a little bit, you know, they, they are not a little bit, they're a lot more um, populated with recruits and, and, and players. And so, yeah, the, maybe those, those fringes of the country get ignored a little bit, but you, know, you take what's happened over the last year uh, through 
you know, what you can do now through, you know, even being able to get on a Zoom with a coach and get face-to-face that way, uh, being able to do a virtual visit, you know, all those things. Uh, I think the barriers are coming down. So it's for, for the, those recruits out there, it's um, leveraging the, the technology, uh, understanding the process, and, you know, whether, whether you're in a place where it's a hotbed or not, you have to apply pressure constantly. You have to be working at it, right? Uh, to, to just think, all right, I've done my thing. I'm going to sit back and <clears throat> um, coaches are going to come to me. You know, I, I just don't think it, it works like that anymore. You, you also have to do your work on, on your side as, um, you know, as the recruit. You have to find the right place for yourself, whether, and again, you might have to work a little bit more maybe than, than some other kids out there, but, uh, you know, it is, it's definitely worth uh, the time you put into it. It's, it's worth finding a place that you're a good fit at. You've talked to thousands of coaches, I'm sure, yeah. if not thousands, very close to thousands. Um, I'm curious, have you found any common traits that, they all tend to look for in recruits or are there are there general what are maybe like two or three common concerns or issues that you've seen pop up across all the different coaches you've spoken with regarding coaches college coaches concerns regarding what recruits are or are not doing yeah you know one of the common things i hear from these guys at the beginning of the process and, and they want to learn from the coach, coach, high school coach right away. Does this kid love football? Does this kid love the game? They want those kinds of guys, right? That right there tells them a lot. And, you know, I think sometimes the high school coach, you know, forgets to, to look at some of that too. Uh, the, the best coaches in our area, um, before they do anything with recruiting, they have meetings with their kids to say, is this something you really want? You know, because I'm going to have a ton of coaches coming through. They want to spend time with me. They want to know what you want to do. Do you love this? Do you really want to put your time in? Because there's, hey, there's a lot of great high school football players who, when it's done, you know, they're done with it. They want to go to a big school and just be a guy and, and move on with, with life. Um, and it's, it's not easy. I mean, there's a lot of kids who love it too and have to decide, you know, is it, am I willing to play at this lower level, you know, or do I want to go to a bigger school? You know, they're looking at all those aspects of it too. So I hear that a lot. Does he love football? Does he love the game? Uh, from there, you know, it's, it's a lot of it is, is position-based. I mean, certainly you look at how football has evolved offensively and defensively. You hear a lot about the hybrid type players, you know, guys who you don't have to take off the field in a certain situation or in a personnel group. You know, those those guys who, um, you know, are, are really dynamic on the edges, a guy who could play, you know, safety or come down into the box and, you know, from the safety position or that guy on the edge who get, can get into pass coverage at the same time, rest the passer and, and go up against a bigger tackle, right? They're really looking for athleticism more than ever. And in some respects, you know, willing to give up a, a, some of the size for more athleticism. But you get into certain positions and yeah, there, there's going to be guys in, in 
you know, we talk about it a lot. I know I've had numerous podcasts uh, as an example where, you know, coaches, we've talked about what do you look for in your offensive line recruits? What, what are the things that you like? And certainly there's some commonalities in all those guys in every position and what they want. Um, but I think, you know, don't, don't think that they're not looking at the intangibles. Um, they're looking hard at your transcripts. They're looking at, at you know, a big one. Um, how many days of school do you miss? right? That tells a lot. How many times are you late to school? Those are all right on your transcript and coaches can see it. Uh, those are telling, you know, and that, I mean, that's nothing new. That, that goes back for a long time, but character still counts. Uh, yeah, that's so interesting about um, the, the, the first thing you mentioned, like, do you actually love football? I remember I was talking to uh, I think it was an FCS coach about a kid that I had worked with. And it was like, yeah, he seemed, I don't know. He was like on the fence about it. this kid was pretty good. He was very talented, but he, the, the coach cared about it so much that he was willing to like take an hour to call me just to ask like all about how much this kid liked football or not. And I think it's easy from, you know, looking at college football recruiting from afar or from your phone or on Twitter, it's easy to get angry as a young kid and say, oh, you know, oh, they're sleeping on me. And oh, I know it's a pretty fun phrase a lot of kids use, but, you know, college coaches are putting a percentage of their paycheck in the hands of an 18 to 22 year old kid. And when are you most <laughs> unstable or likely to mess up in your life <laughs> and be most inconsistent? It's usually between the ages of 18 to yeah. 22. And, I think there's a lack of appreciation for, you know, how much this matters to the college coach. Um, I can also, I can empathize with the high school kids and the families because it's really frustrating when you send out 70 emails or messages to coaches and you don't get a single ping back. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it, in high school you can, and I, we've all been on teams or we've coached on teams and been a part of teams where, you know, coaches are limited by numbers. And so yeah. they play kids who probably have character issues. who aren't good culture fish just because they have to. And if they win or lose, it's not a huge deal because they have probably a full-time job outside of that. Um, but college coaches, like that's it. Like your, your kid getting braces depends on what largely the kids that they recruited a couple of years ago end up doing on the field on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I found this out early as a high school coach too, that, you know, uh, there's there's definitely certain profiles of what they're looking for in a player, um, the measurables, right? And let's just start with something as simple as, as height. Um, and let's say you're an offensive lineman. Um, I mean, if you are, you know, under those those profile things, you better shine in your ability. You better shine in your character. You better shine when they call the coach and say, he does he love football or when you know, they, when they have somebody else uh, inquire about you, which I, they've, they've certainly are there's ways to do that. And, you know, I, I remember just recruiting and you know, guys, you know, certain colleges being interested in some of the bigger ones have the resources and alumni that, you know, are in your community and can find out about a certain kid right away. And, you know, is this kid the real deal is, is, you know, he as good as his coach is saying, or is this really his character, et cetera. So, you know, it doesn't mean that, 
you don't if you don't fit the profile, you won't be recruited. I was just talking with with Bill Durkin, offensive line coach at Coastal Carolina, um, this week, and you know he's talking about his center who's five nine and is really good. I mean, here's the thing: you, like you said, if if I go out on the limb and I'm gonna and I'm gonna go pound the table for a guy who does not fit the profile of what we're looking for. Uh, I better be right, right? My job's on the line because if I'm wrong and, and we give that kid an offer and he doesn't do anything, you know, uh, I can only mess up so many times like that before I'm out of a job, right? I mean, I have to be right on recruiting as well. So just understand that, you know, because you don't fit the profile doesn't mean that you're not going to get recruited. It's just going to be harder for, and you're going to have to prove out some of those other things for, for a coach to take a chance on you. And, and they do. Right. I mean, there's, you know, you could go on any college roster and there's guys who, when you look at them, you're like, you don't fit the part. How are you playing <laughs> on the team? And then you watch them and there's something incredible that they do. They're super fast or they could jump or, you know, have incredible technique, whatever it might be. Um, but again, uh, I think it's something just like a, a job interview. I mean, there's so many people who are looking for these spots. It is very, very competitive and, uh, you know, you better love it because once you get there, it's even more competitive. I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, so last question here, um, more of a philosophy question, but I think it's important to come back to it. Um, what do you think is the one thing that football can teach a young person in 2021 that they're not going to learn anywhere else? Well, I think football's always been that way. It's been that way for me. And um, I think we, we all love the game more than it loves us. Right? Our ability to play it is, is, you know, the game usually doesn't stop on our own terms. It always stops before uh, we want it to end, whatever level that might be. Um, but I think the lessons stick with you. Uh, I just had Eric Legrand on the podcast and, and, you know, quick story about Eric. It was in 2010. He was playing for Rutgers against Army. Was running down on a kickoff, and he didn't walk off the field. Coach Chiano came out and looked at him, and he couldn't. You know, he's having trouble trouble breathing. He couldn't move. And, and Coach's words to him were, "Pray." And you know, I asked Eric, you know, what was it that you know you you found? You know, you hit this adversity. You couldn't walk, and now you have an incredible mission. Um, you've done some incredible things. When he's been an ESPN analyst, uh, he's a he's a motivational speaker. He has his own coffee house and coffee brand now that, you know, he he has a team that's working with him on that. And I said, what what is it that allowed you to do this? And he said, you know, it's the, the lessons that football taught me. It's all those things that Coach Gianna, my high school coaches, my youth football coaches, those lessons I learned throughout about how you approach adversity, how, how you behave when things are tough, how you work towards your goals. Uh, those things have always been here in the game and I think are going to continue to be there in the game. Because of that, I think there's so much you can learn from football that's going to carry you through life. Awesome. Well, I think we'll cut it there. So again, guys, this is Coach Keith Grabowski. I highly encourage you to check out his podcast, the Coaching Coordinator Podcast, uh, over on Apple or Spotify. Thanks a lot, coach.